Coming up next on the Holistic Wealth Podcast. Like it worked until it didn't and realizing that it actually just never worked. I gave myself permission to put everything on the table, even the things I didn't want to consider, like selling the condo. And Keisha, I mean, maybe you'll be proud of me financially, but I did. I sold everything that wasn't nailed down and I swallowed my pride and sold the condo, moved in with my mother for a year in my 40s, which again, you just have to have the courage to own your situation. You're listening to the Holistic Wealth Podcast with host Keisha Blair, author of Holistic Wealth and founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. And now, here's your host, Keisha Blair. Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Blair, and today we have a special guest with us. We have Vicky Lantier, and Vicky is a speaker who helps people who want to live a big life but can't seem to catch a break. Her background in the military and being an avid traveler inform her inclusive and mindful approach. Vicky delivers strategies to work through adversities such as trauma, burnout, and identity struggles. She speaks on surviving mass casualty events and radical reduction. Her strategy for handling the first critical stages of a crisis. Lanthier founded Girl Gone Good, wellness and wilderness in 2012 a values-based business that connects nature well-being and community by providing hiking resources she is the author of the new book best hikes ottawa gatineau and she is currently writing a book to help people create a well-lived life no matter what adversity comes their way Vicky, it's great to have you here. Oh, it's so fun to be here. Awesome. And I just wanted to get into your story of mass casualties and trauma, because that for many of us, right? Like I've gone through tragedy, as you read in my book, but I have not gone through mass casualties and that level of trauma that you can see on the battlefield. And so I just wanted to start with your story there. So if you could describe what that was like, that would be great. Honestly, I think adversity is adversity. It doesn't matter like if it's done with, you know, you've got a job in EMS or you lost your husband or a child with, you know, some sort of difficulty or medical issues. That's part of life, right? Like adversity and well-being is those balance beams for a big life. We're not going to have just one or the other. I have spent 14 years in the military and I right out of the gates was challenged with some big experiences. I, I witnessed a plane crash when I was 18 and then I had a tank accident or I was in a tank accident when I was 20 and got my face smashed in and then went on my first military deployment at 21 and experienced my first mass casualty. And those are challenging, but also just these moments of incredible growth each time. And I, I really lucked into some, some habits and, and coping that allowed each event to just digest it a little more each time. So yeah, that's how I, I started with those experiences. I think I had four military deployments. They were very diverse, plenty of uh, traumatic or mass casualty situations to deal with. And then life goes on, right? Like, and then we have, as we grow, we have burnout and we have financial stresses and we have all these other things that come our way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking about your work with Girl Gone Good now and how you've basically 
you know, taken those lessons that you've learned to incorporate wellness. And you also believe in mitigation, like you believe in prevention. I was doing a bit of reading and you mentioned that you believe in prevention. You didn't, despite your experiences, you didn't suffer from PTSD and you think it was just because of those preventative measures. And so, you know, for many people, they're wondering, well, how can I prevent these adverse experiences from turning into a crisis or affecting me for the long term? If you could, you know, tell us what you think about, you know, this preventative approach and how you dealt with that and the work that you're doing, that would be great. First and foremost, I'm no savant on the subject. I think I lucked into it. Like there's nothing special about my story. Just happenstance lucked into these wonderful little moments. Yeah. Led me to preventative hoping like, you know, in 1998, when I had the tank accident, I had a gruff old sergeant at the time come back and say, hey, I know you're okay, but I think you should check in with psych anyways and let them tell you you're okay. Mm -hmm. For the late 1990s, that was very ahead of his time, right? For, For an old guy to say that. So there was a lot of those little moments just stirred me or steered me just naturally into these preventative aspects. Mm -hmm. But I think now, and that's like with the book that I'm writing now on adversity, I want to give people a framework and permission to deal with adverse events in the moment and then focus on building all our buffers. I think we're horrible in general at having buffers, whether it's financially or physically with our health or mentally or socially, we don't build our buffers out anymore. And we're we're really good at just living on the edge of all those eight dimensions of well-being instead of having these protective measures around us. And Mm -hmm. that's what I would like to focus on, but also give permission for folks to dial it down. Like when I talk about radical reduction, it's the framework in the book that's going to come out. But Really, at the end of the day, it's about giving people permission to dial it back to zero. If you're not doing well or going through a horrible event or perhaps a divorce or, you know, adjusting to maybe a new diagnosis, why are we not giving ourselves permission to bring it back down to zero? You don't have to keep up with the soccer games and be the best employee ever and make sure that you call all your friends every single day like you did before, you got to give yourself permission to clear the calendar and deal with what you're facing right now. Absolutely. And you mentioned two things that caught my attention, building in buffers, which I think is amazing. And I wanted you to expand on that just a bit for us and radical reduction, like those two terms really stuck out. And so if you could just expand on those and give us an idea. As to how we can do that in our daily lives, that would be amazing. I mean, you mentioned some things just now, you know, dialing it back and like not having that pressure to be everywhere all the time. But if you could, you know, tell us a bit more about that radical reduction framework, that would be great. So radical reduction to me is like pulling the emergency brake when things go wrong. So at one point I was going to university and IT consulting full time and going through a relationship change. And just like a lot of women that do too much all at once and try and hold all the balls in the air, I I burnt out and dug a deep financial hole. 
to the point of, you know, having $20 to the end of the month to feed yourself, but you still have to pay for parking in order to complete your degree that you're working on, right? Like you're, hey, obviously things are not going to work. Yeah. And I was maintaining this beautiful condo in Ottawa and still trying to maintain that normalcy of life. Like I have a beautiful condo. I'm going to dress really well. I'm still going to go out with all my friends. Like it worked until it didn't. And realizing that it actually just never worked. I gave myself permission to put everything on the table, even the things I didn't want to consider, like selling the condo or selling everything in my condo. And Keisha, I mean, maybe you'll be proud of me financially, but I did. I sold everything that wasn't nailed down. Wow. I put my clothes into consignment. I stopped trying to do the extracurricular activities and I swallowed my pride and sold the condo, moved in with my mother for a year in my 40s, which again, you just have to have the courage to own your situation. Yeah. Despite what everyone's going to say about you, like, I mean, not great for a dating life, but besides that, if, if you could just own that, what you're doing is best for you, yep. then I was able to get myself out of the financial mess. I was able to finish the degree and I was able to work towards, be, have a little humility and work towards buying a new home that I'm in now that worked out awesome. just so that's, that's the permission I want us to give is to put everything on the table, even if you think your bias is going to discount it. Let's have all the options out there and and own our situation enough to consider it, to get yeah, through it. Absolutely. And so many people live in denial, right? So just owning that situation and being bold to take the steps that you did is so critical. And, you know, now that you're telling me that story, which is amazing, thanks for sharing that with us. Now I understand why holistic wealth really resonated with you. Cause I, I remember after my husband died, just giving myself that permission to really do what I needed to do in that moment you know, taking the time I needed. And that was also a case study in radical reduction, actually selling everything and packing what I didn't need away and, and, you know, and giving away what was left and just, you know, making those steps. And it's so funny that you bring up the financial part because that's one critical area that I find just kind of just threads through everything, you know, regardless of what situations we're in and so I, I just wanted to pick up on that process for you in terms of going from that point when you remember the days of having that $20 left and how you, I know you mentioned moving in with your mom and can you tell us what else were critical in terms of steps that you took? Is it that you moved in with her and then you started saving, you know, becoming an avid saver because you mentioned then that you still bought a home afterwards. So what what steps did you take, Vicky, in terms of bouncing back and really getting a foothold on your finances apart from moving in with your mom? I think these are the moments where we really just have to eat a lot of crow and do what's best for us and then go against the grain. Because I find the grain as it is today, they're not doing well either. Like yeah. it's always the case of the person that has the RV and they yeah. don't want to they're in debt, but they don't want to sell it because they're going to sell it at a loss. Well, even a loss is better than carrying on, right? Yes. So it was the same thing when I got rid of all the stuff in the condo, but it was also having the courage enough to ask help for the resources that are available. 
So I went back to my financial institution and asked what options I had. I'm a military veteran. So I went to Veteran Affairs and asked what options do I have and sought out those resources. I got rid of almost everything <laughs> that I had. Yeah. Climate stores and, you know, online and Kijiji, and that's fine. I renegotiated my per diem in my workspace. A funny, funny note is I never believed about like discrepancy between male and female workers until it was true for me. And I was able to renegotiate a per diem that was online with my male coworkers. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't jump into big spending. Yeah. Again, right? Like you have to reevaluate your, your habit and, and what you actually need versus what society tells you you need. Huge difference. And I, I still mucked it up years afterwards. Like I would still get into debt and then you have to get out of debt afterwards. But it's just not being afraid to take those steps, I think. Is yeah, absolutely. And that's so important. And Vicky, you mentioned the new book. Can you yeah. tell us more about that? Like, When is it out? Is it available for pre-order now? What's going on with the book? I think book writing is the most humbling experience as you could relate to. I never knew what it took to put into a book until I started writing a book. Yeah. Got this amazing developmental editor to help me through that journey. So right now... I am finishing the first draft, the rough first draft, yeah, and going through those developmental edits and um, looking for a publisher probably in the summer. So that being said, it's probably going to be another year or two before it's released, right? In order to get onto a publisher's track of usually yeah. that 18 months roadway. Yeah. But until then, I do have a website and I do have a newsletter on living a big life. And I offer those every week or two. I'll send out a newsletter on that, which has mm -hmm. been quite engaging and I, I do enjoy. And this book is just probably one of my favorite avenues that I put into in the last few years. It's such a big, huge process and it takes so much. So good luck with that and hoping to see that out when it comes out. We'll be happy to read it and to spread the word. But like Vicky, there's one thing, you know, I keep going back to the financial piece just because I have such a huge interest in women right. and finances. Like it's big for me. And so I just wanted to get from you, like I know that we spoke about the personal financial identity quiz and I just wanted to get a sense from you. Did anything stand out to you in terms of the questions and, and your answers and how you were leaning and in terms of your financial, your money story? I think I continuously strive to be the minimalist and keep getting interrupted by that YOLO personality. Yeah. Which always gets me in trouble. And that's where I stand. So I continuously aspire. I really want to, I want to have financial freedom. I have a good job. I want to, I try to focus. I love money folks and learning from money folks. I'm not financially savvy when it comes to investment, but I try. Um, so yeah, I would love to be a minimalist, but I am very rebellious in my, there's only one life. And next thing you know, I'm in the Azores for a month, you know? Right. And so there's that balancing of like the money goals plus the goals that, you know, we have for like, travel and different areas of our lives. But that's fine. I think that's how life is in general. And I think one of the pieces that I normally tell people is, you know, just have your different buckets and have your different goals and see how 
you know, you can fit each piece because they're all so important to live a holistically wealthy lifestyle. I also think there's seasons. There's seasons for your goals. Like you don't to do everything at once. You don't need a big house and big travel. Maybe right. in your big travel years, you have a smaller house or a smaller rent payment. And I, I think there's beautiful seasons for our spending on and what we spend on. When we get into trouble is when we try to do it all in all avenues, finance and well-being and everything. That's when we get into trouble instead of just doing one thing at a time. Exactly. And I love that. I love the whole seasons and we all go through that. And especially as we, you know, evolve and grow. And so Vicky, where can listeners find you in terms of your website and social media? So they could find me at uh, my website is my namesake. So Vicky with an IE <laughs> mlancier.com. And it's the same with my Instagram handle and LinkedIn. Those are the two main areas where they could find me and they could sign up for the newsletter there. They could say hello on Instagram. I'd love to meet more folk. Uh, if you're also struggling through your author journey, <laughs> send a hello. We could be writing buddies together. Okay, awesome. So Vicky, thanks again for sharing your journey with us and for being on the podcast. It was amazing having you here. It was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed your book and I'm so glad that we connected. The Holistic Wealth Podcast with Keisha Blair is brought to you by... Have you joined the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Choose your membership plan at the Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. As a member, you'll get access to free worksheets, advice, coaching, and an intentional design workshop. As you start to live a more holistically wealthy lifestyle, you'll want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning best-selling Holistic Wealth 36 Life Lessons to help you recover from disruption, find your life purpose, and achieve financial freedom.